This is a WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host, Scott Walker. You're listening to WGNS on this Tuesday morning, today, January the 30th. With us this morning, Murfreesboro City Manager, Craig Tyndall. And Craig, good morning. How are you this morning? Good, good. I'm doing well. Thank you. It's been kind of a uh, strange time for weather. We had quite cold weather, and then all of a sudden it got up to... 60-something degrees a few days later, it seemed like, but uh, potholes, that that was an issue for, I think, cities all over the state. Yeah, it is, uh, and, it can, and it will continue to be for a little bit. Um, well, first, let me just say our, our street department did really an excellent job. The guys that uh, were out there clearing streets for several days and nights um, really worked extremely hard, and I think we were far ahead of a lot of different cities in middle tennessee with the snowstorm and we really appreciate all the effort that they they put into it to make sure that we can get a get around as as quickly as possible but uh after that clears out um the weather causes uh, a lot of havoc with um, the asphalt and the problem with winter storms is the asphalt plants aren't open so it's hard to get the asphalt to patch those potholes and with uh, what they call a hot patch, which is molten uh, asphalt that well, you can fill the hole with and it'll stay there. And they have to patch it with gravel and, and such as that. And then if a rain follows, then you got a problem because the rain washes all that <laughs> right, right back out. So uh, once they're done with the snowstorm, they don't stop. They keep going. Uh, crews are out um, for, for long hours and uh, in some pretty tough conditions trying to keep uh, the roadways running as fast as, as best as possible. Now, how many tons of salt did the city of Murfreesboro have in order to, uh, you know, kind of prepare for all this? Oh, that's a good question. We we buy salt in advance because you don't want to buy it when the demand is high. Uh, you have little chance of getting it because a lot of places are, are trying to grab salt as fast as they can. So we buy it early on and st- store it. I don't remember exactly, but sev- several tons, many tons. Um, that that we have stored in preparation and uh, our planning, our executive director, Raymond Hillis, who is over streets, uh, plans ahead quite a bit and does a really good job with that. So we had salt that we needed, uh, plenty of salt that was available for us. We didn't have to scramble to get more. Uh, although we try and replace it when we possibly can. Again, with us this morning, Murfreesboro City Manager Craig Tyndall, and a lot has been happening throughout Rutherford County over the past few years, and growth is one of those things that definitely has been occurring. And, you know, I, I was looking back at some pictures that uh, I believe it was uh, Shackless Photography sure. had of the old Polk Hotel, and yeah. it was torn down in 1977. And it seems like, People have talked about the idea of a hotel in downtown Murfreesboro for years, uh, or having another one in right. downtown Murfreesboro, and it looks like that could soon happen uh, with a project really right here at the intersection of Broad and South Church. Right. Yeah. Uh, Thursday night, council approved uh, the plans so that the developer can start development right uh, behind City Hall in um, some property that the city owned uh residual property now because we have acquired buildings to relocate the departments we're in some really old buildings that are past their useful life and and uh need to be torn down and something new come in uh it's a great way it's a gateway to the city as you come up church street 
and so it's a perfect way to uh, have a perfect place to have redevelopment in there as it leads into the public square uh, it's a really great development, and it will include a hotel downtown, uh, a boutique hotel. Um, they're still working out how large it would be, somewhere between 80 and 120 rooms, I think. Uh, we've heard from the hotel brands as they've come in. They're very careful with market and do a lot of market studies. They believe that a larger hotel is probably what, what's needed because of the lack of hotels, lack of hotels close to the university, as a matter of fact, um, and uh, other other events that we've brought into the city with uh, soccer facility and various things that uh, hotels right now are at a premium at certain times when we have a larger event and there's a demand so we're looking to fill that as quickly as possible they should start um, relatively shortly for development people always think it takes too long but there's a lot of planning that goes in uh, before they can before they get start first phase affects uh, you guys here at the at uh, WGNS and having a, a brand new building built across the street and uh, prepped and ready to go so that you don't lose a minute of broadcast time, valuable broadcast time. That, that's uh, right. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, so that's that's the first stage and the first plan. And then uh, after that gets up and gets uh, going, then um, the rest of the development will come in and the hotel will be part of that. And what we're talking about in this whole area is a large multi-use structure. And I guess the hotel, that is going to be uh, standalone, if you would, from the rest of everything else, which is going to be retail, office, and, and then living space as well. Exactly. Con- condominiums and, and uh, uh, rental units, apartments. Um, the hotel will be located, according to the plans, on Vine Street and Broad, right on the corner there. And it, it'll be in a standalone building. And then there'll be other buildings and parking structures that'll uh, take up the remaining space all the way from Vine to Church Street. And then um, the parcel, the old parking lot for the police, uh, the old police building, the uh, police headquarters. Uh, that's where the initial development will start and where WGNS will be located. And then on top of all of this, I know the city has released some artist renderings of Town Creek and the daylighting of Town Creek, which will run pretty much along Broad Street from Murphy Spring all the way over to Cannonsburg. Right. You'll see some of the effects of that plan, those plans right now. A few of those buildings have been taken down and, and cleared. Uh, it will run... Actually, on the other side of Church Street, because there's a, uh, on the corner there, that's part of the park plan to um, open that up and make it uh, accessible to pedestrians and and uh, for use. Right now it's fenced off and has been a, a gravel lot for quite some time. And then across Church Street to the, uh, um, what would that be? That'd be the uh, west side of Broad, uh, all along there, all the way down to Front Street is uh, where the creek will be daylighted and there'll be a public park open area in there uh, with lots of plans. Uh, we're still working on those plans, still acquiring the buildings, uh, but there'll be quite a bit of construction going on over there in a, a relatively short period of time. And this will be the first time, I, I guess, since what, the late 1940s, early 50s, that that creek has actually seen daylight. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's, uh, it's in a... Um, uh, channel underneath uh, that area and development happened on top of the creek actually uh, but that infrastructure started to fail a few years ago and needed to be replaced and by the time you tear all that out uh, and replace it 
shutting down those businesses for long periods of time. And with the development that was planned across the street, it looked like a perfect opportunity to create open public space. And that's what that's what we chose to do. And we got the funding for it. Uh, there's a bridge, pedestrian bridge, which uh, we got funding from um, TDOT to assist with that will go over from at the corner of uh, Church and Broad uh, that'll lead from the downtown area, the new development that's going up there, and uh, over into the to the to the new uh, linear park. Now, some of the plans that I've seen, it looks like there's also going to be a pedestrian bridge, not only from, uh, uh, you know, this side of, of Church Street over Broad, but then also uh, over Church Street itself going, I guess, to the wetland area. Uh, and then parking would be right over there, Murphy Spring area. Um, but but all of this, I know before the project really got off the ground, when people were really talking about the entire Bottoms area, a lot of folks were saying, you know, this is going to be kind of like uh, the San Antonio River Walk. And now, I, I don't know <laughs> if it's going to be remotely close to that, but how would you kind of describe what could possibly locate along this creek? Well, it won't, it won't be like the Riverwalk. That's that's a pretty large area, and we don't have that type of uh, uh, area to work with. But it will be uh, a park with some amenities on it. Uh, generally, it's open for, for for walking. There won't be amenities like uh, uh, ball fields or, or playgrounds or such as that. It'll be more because it's a long, narrow uh, area uh, around the creek. But it'll have a water feature that runs through it, which is the daylighting of the creek. And, and that's important. It's a great amenity. And opening that up is uh, it will, will really assist in beautification of that whole area through there. Uh, we're also planning some some buildings in there so we can have uh, you know amenities such as food service uh, on periodic times probably not we're not going to have restaurants open but an area that can be used more or less like a stationary food truck for yeah. example uh, where they could be rented out and so when there's a, an event downtown or something that would be an area that that people could go to in addition to the downtown area so this could kind of lead way to the idea of uh you know having events like like for example we used to have uncle dave making days at cannonsburg well this could be an event similar to that uh, up and down that creek and and i don't know kind of a boardwalk alongside the creek it's it's possible yeah we could um the uh area across from front street so where yard sale is and all along there uh, is another area that the city is is taking a look at and talking with the property owners over there and to see if if that can be redeveloped um, that would be a further amenity for the whole area and it really improved that whole area with uh, a lot of of uh, new type of buildings that would that would be a great service to the community and, and the historic downtown squares. They do events in there and have more area where people can can visit and and see what's going on. I think it'd be a great boost to Cannonsburg itself to um, let people know that it is that it is over there and increase increase maybe some tourism and attendance at Cannonsburg. And again, with us this morning, Murphy's Bro City Manager Craig Tyndall. And like you were saying at the beginning of the show, this area, you know, coming in from South Church, going to the downtown square, this is going to kind of act like the main entrance to the downtown square. It will. It will. It will add quite a bit on the streetscape as you go down Broad Street. Uh, there's a, a a lot of volume that goes through Broad Street, and we know that. Um, we've done the traffic engineering studies and are prepared for that. One of the 
the benefits that we can do with the new development is to put in uh, additional infrastructure, turn lanes, and such as that. And we can do it pretty cost-effectively because of the type of development that's going in there. In clearing those buildings, there's a lot of infrastructure development already going on, so it makes it a perfect time to put in uh, additional street work that, to help that traffic in that area. Any idea on how many condos, how many apartments are going to be in this immediate area uh, with the whole Keystone project at the corner of Broad and South Church? Yeah, I've lost track now uh, because it's changed quite a bit. Uh, there, There is uh, quite a few condominiums in there, I want to say, uh, somewhere close to 100 uh, condominiums for sale units that, that will be developed in there, and then uh, a couple hundred uh, apartment homes. And uh, I know people have... Uh, you know, apartments aren't everybody's favorite topic to talk about. Uh, that's the market right now. That's what people are looking for. And the demographic that's looking for those is uh, not just young people. They, they really want to get a hold of those on the younger end of uh, the spectrum, um, but also older in retirement. So it's, uh, it's both ends of the spectrum that really have a lot of interest in um, apartment living where you can not have to worry about the yard, not have to worry about the house and the structure around it. You can lock up and leave and travel if you want. Um, so there's a there's a large demand, and there's also, uh, that's where the financial market is headed in financing those. Um, we would like to see ownership in there as much as possible, and I think uh, uh, you'll see a lot of that, a lot of interest in there. Um, those are a little bit harder to finance from a development standpoint, not necessarily from a purchase standpoint, but from a development standpoint, just because we haven't had any downtown. So, you know, banks look at comparables and what what other value what other value property has that are similar to what you want to buy. Um, and when you talk down the downtown area in a high rise, not well, a mid rise type of condo or condominium type of unit, there's not a lot of com- comparables at, down there. So, we have to. Uh, uh, start somewhere, and that's this is going to be a great place to start. We have a developer that's ready to go, um, so that'll that'll be uh, breaking ground here shortly. And then also in the downtown Murfreesboro area, I know there was a development, One East College, that mm-hmm. was kind of supposed to get off the ground, and we saw land being cleared to make way for what we heard were going to be another multi-use structure with condos, with, I don't know if there were apartments, but a potential mm-hmm. hotel at that site. Uh, then that went away. Then we heard retail and office, of course, that was going to stay, but nothing ever fully happened other than the partial clearing of land. Yeah, uh, development, mixed-use development is, is, is uh, it's hard to do. Um, and you have to have a developer that's got the wherewithal and the knowledge to, to be able to do it. Uh, we felt like we, we had a developer that would develop One East College. It turned out they had a lot of difficulties, uh, some of which wasn't all their fault. You know, we faced uh, COVID. We had a period of time where we came out of that, and then we went into a, a, bi- a banking situation that made it difficult to... Um, to handle um, uh, financing for for that type of development, which is re- which is very complex. So at this point in time, we've worked with them. We work with them as closely as we can. Um, I think what they're going to have to do is to rethink what's going to go over there. Uh, it didn't it made it apparent at some point that uh, just recently that they they weren't going to be able to to do what they had planned to do over there. So we'll continue to work with them. Uh, they had uh, an economic development incentive called a, a TIF, a tax incremental financing on that. Um, the city has ended that 
uh, for them. So, you know, that, that they're going to have to rethink what's going to go on there. We'll, we'll continue to work with them. Uh, we've had other interests in that parcel that we've, uh, it's, it's privately owned, so the city doesn't own it anymore. We've had other individuals interested, and we've pointed them to uh, the developers to see if they can work with maybe some new partners and come out with another project. Now, with changes in demographics here locally speaking, I, I know a few years back uh, we were told the, the median age was around 32, then it dropped down to 30. I don't know what it is today, <laughs> but what are we looking at for demographics? And is this demographic, you know, what, whatever it may be, 30-year-olds, 32-year-olds, uh, is that part of the drive behind downtown Murfreesboro starting to see these new developments of, uh, uh, you know, condos and living space? Yeah, I haven't seen the demographics lately, but you're right. We, we do trend on the on the younger side, and there's lots of different reasons for that. Um, but that generation does want to have a different type of lifestyle, at least for a while, uh, than, than in the past. They're not looking so much to have a uh, half-acre, acre lot and uh, a house on it where they're taking care of a yard um and uh that's why uh, there's a demand for apartments and you'll see that in the younger uh around 30 a little bit younger and and uh to mid 30s until marriage and kids comes along and then you realize that maybe apartment's not suitable (laughs) you need to look for something else uh but there's a big demand for that and and we do have a younger uh population that creates that demand um, the pricing for some of the communities closer to, to Nashville is getting pretty expensive. So as, as that happens, it starts to push down. And while um, rental units in Murfreesboro uh, is, for me anyway, um, surprisingly expensive, uh, it's, it's cheaper than a lot of areas that are closer to Nashville. So we do have commuters that will come back and forth. Uh, but we also have a good workforce here that helps us with other economic development as we identify that there is a workforce available, uh, that if, if offices and different types of, uh, of businesses can move in here, that we have a work for a young, well-educated workforce that lives in Murfreesboro. Uh, and that really helps us to drive other businesses to locate here in the city there's been a lot of talk about affordable housing lately with even one state representative from rutherford county asking the the tasser commission to move forward with a study on figuring out ways that here in tennessee we can have more affordable housing what types of things are being looked at or talked about in murfreesboro to have some affordable housing or an increase of affordable housing? Yeah, affordable housing is a very difficult issue. I mean, it, it, I've seen it study for 25 years, and I've not seen any answer come come up that uh, really answers the question of where affordable housing can be, where people tend to think that they want it to be. Um, it's, it's a difficult proposition because there's so many factors that are involved in what... Um, what constitutes the price of housing, whether it's rental or uh, ownership. Um, and a lot of those aren't controlled, centri- they're, they're not centrally controlled. They're all uh, have their own factors that, that affect the cost of that. So it's a, it's a very difficult proposition. Um, there are some things that, uh, for example, uh, on Keystone, uh, where they have uh, a program that allows um, certain individuals like police and fire, you know, public safety, teachers, to qualify for lower rent and uh, a lower purchase price 
on the on the house so that's helping out uh rental units itself is a form of affordable housing and you know like i said rent has gone up substantially but when you compare it to buying a house uh with today's interest rates and and uh, the the financing that's required for that um it becomes much more affordable uh it's it's a it's a very difficult problem to get a handle around and whatever you do on affordable housing you have to understand and this is endemic for a lot of those type of um programs that you want to put in is you have to draw the line somewhere uh, and there'll always be that segment which will just be on right on the other side of the line that that's hard to determine where that line should be uh, because there's always pressure for it to be moved further and we just in our in housing economy it's just a very difficult thing for uh, anyone to control certainly a governmental entity to control and, and you have to be careful on how much control a governmental entity would have over housing because then you're really opening up to a lot of control that you know you may not particularly want necessarily Again with us this morning, Murfreesboro City Manager Craig Tyndall, and we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about a special trust that was set up here in Murfreesboro just a few years back after the sale of Murfreesboro Electric to Middle Tennessee Electric, and uh, we'll find out where that trust is today, and uh, I understand some funds have already been approved for some nonprofits. So we'll check on that in just a second. Time right now, 8.36. You're listening to WGNS on this Tuesday morning. Hi, this is Peter Demas. One of the things that we've done years ago is we've been able to do our orders, like our pastas and many other items, that we used to be able to put them in large pans, and now we have a catering team that will even deliver it to your home. We can drop it off for you, set it up, or they can come in and pick it up. Look up our catering menu on www.demasrestaurants.com. This is Peter Demas at Demas's Restaurant, 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. CapstarBank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Rutherford County is one of the fastest growing communities in Tennessee. This is Mike Klassen, the general manager at Middle Point Landfill. As a class one landfill, Middle Point accepts non-hazardous municipal solid waste, approved special waste and commercial waste. We have served this region for two decades, providing free disposal to all Rutherford County residents and low-cost disposal to Rutherford County businesses. Learn more at middlepointlandfill.com. For public services, we are sustainability in action. This is Amanda at Animal City, inviting your family to come shop with my family here at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. We have a variety of toys to offer the necessary enrichment for almost any type of pet. Whether you're looking for a climbing tower for your ornamental shrimp, something to keep your hedgehog happy, or a kitty condo, you can find it here at Animal City. We carry products to make your life with pets easier. Come check them out at Animal City. Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. 
Right now that time, 8.38, you're listening to WGNS on this Tuesday morning. Today, again, the 30th of January. And in studio with us this morning, Murfreesboro City Manager Craig Tyndall. And before that last break, we mentioned the special trust that was set up here in Murfreesboro. And the trust was set up with the funds from the sale of Murfreesboro Electric. So, Craig, kind of take us back to that. And, and how did all this happen? I think it was about 2019 we started working with... Uh, Middle Tennessee Electric on a conversation that's been had that was had over several years. Uh, the city had a, a small electrical department that dated back from when TVA was formed uh, and started uh, getting uh, electrical distribution in in place in in Tennessee. We were as a department, electrical department, a very small hole in a giant donut that Middle Tennessee Electric served. Um, And because it's a utility, size uh, is something that's very important. Uh, Utilities run on size because you can divide up the huge amount of costs that are involved in putting infrastructure in place for, for a utility over a lot of people. So the bigger uh, the more people we can spread it over the fixed costs that are involved, the better off you are. So we looked at it over a period of time, over the growth, over the area that was served, and it made sense uh, to have that merged into the Middle Tennessee Electric in, in the future. They could do a lot more with investment, a lot more with keeping up to um, speed with the, the modern technology. So that discussion we began uh, in about 2019. Uh, in 2021, I think we closed on that, um, July the 1st, 2021, and um, uh, sold the electric company for a transaction that over time, over over the next 15 years, was about $300 million. Um, and Middle Tennessee was to make incremental payments over that period of time. Uh, council decided that that, that money uh, should be uh, benefit the community for as long a term as possible. One of the things that the city uh, um, is restricted with any type of money that comes in is how it's invested. They want to make sure that it's invested very carefully. Uh, and when I say they, the comptroller of the state wants to make sure the money is invested very carefully. So it's a very low rate of return. But if we put it into a trust and those funds into a trust, we can manage that in a different sort of way. Um, and, and we had a model here in the community, the Christie Houston Foundation, which is a very well-run organization that um, is able to capitalize on funds that they received from the sale of uh, Rutherford Hospital, uh, which is now St. Thomas. So uh, we followed that model to a certain extent, created a trust, a community trust. So we have the Community Investment Trust now um, that was put into place. It takes a while for those uh, funds to be all the management of those funds to be all uh, put together. Um, we've now done that as of this year. We've hired uh, an outside uh, chief investment um, officer that will assist us um, with how that's invested over a period of time so that that, that amount of money, that $300 million uh, um, uh, amount that, that's coming to the city actually can be compounded quite a bit uh, with uh, with earnings as we go, and we can have certain amounts come off uh, each year to benefit the city. This year, the city, uh, this is the first year of disbursements out of the trust, and the city will receive a little bit over $2 million, and then about 360 
thousand dollars will be used to fund what we called our strategic partners, the nonprofits in the organization. Um, we had we had a few strategic partners. We had governmental type of services, which was the library and the chamber, who does our economic development work, and and those that we will still fund through the city in in different different areas. But for the nonprofits that do community service, uh, we had funded those uh, certain certain of those in that community. Uh, we shifted that to the trust, uh, allowed the trust to fund that. Um, this year, it's about a hundred thousand in rough numbers. Uh, additional funds that went out to the um, to the community uh, this year. We started. We opened it up in October. Uh, grant applications were submitted. There's a committee on contributions. Some members of the community that that really spent a lot of time reviewing those and making good decisions. Um, we owe them a lot of credit for the amount of work that they put into that. So that's a very good committee, very thoughtful. And they made a recommendations that then go to the board of trustees, another set of community members um, and business leaders who oversee the trust itself. Uh, and, um, and then they'll make a recommendation to council here in the next few weeks uh, for council to review that, and then we'll start to fund in July uh, the nonprofits that were granted funds this year. And again, the money is invested in uh, not a very aggressive investment, I would guess. Uh, probably 5% or under would be the growth. And then, if I understand correctly, let's say, for example, if it grows at 5%, you, you take 2% out to invest back into the community through nonprofits and helping out those nonprofits. And that way you never touch the principle of the money. Yeah, more, more or less. Uh, you're right. Uh, it'll be very conservative investments that will come in. The, the, uh, that varies over the years. Um, we have a target investment that, that uh, rate of investment that we'd like to see returned, and, and that'll be adjusted as, as the markets change as we go forward. But there's a long-term average that you can kind of head for, and that's what we're looking at doing. And it'll be managed like uh, other types of, of trusts and community trusts. So it's in a very conservative investment structure. Um, we fought, we were required to follow more or less how the state's retirement system is invested. So they're very careful with the type of how they invest their funds. And so the trust will match that pretty closely. So uh, that's true. Um, what, what will happen is that 5% will come out uh, of the trust every single year as you go forward. But we have for the next... I forget now, it's 10 or 11 years, we have the incremental payments coming in from Middle Tennessee. So the, the trust itself right now is about $52 million. Um, that'll continue to grow for the next 10 years at a rate of at least $17,300,000, which is about the payment that uh, Middle Tennessee Electric is paying, and then the investment income on top of that. That's where the uh, the trust really builds itself up quickly. And in those who are part of deciding where that money goes, they were chosen, uh, and I guess what, the repick names every so often? Or, or how does that work? Yeah, council uh, selected members of the community to serve on both the committee and the trust board, um, and individuals that they felt like we would have uh, an interest, but also a knowledge in the community um, that that would be able to review the grant applications and understand what they're asking for, understanding the benefits. There are restrictions on, on where uh, that type of money can be funded. Uh, the trust itself is restric restricted to 
the way that the city can fund nonprofits, which is pretty restricted. Um, and uh, they, they, they reviewed for uh, the maximum benefit that they felt like the money could be used for this year with, with a lot of the different nonprofits. Spent a lot of time on it. They really did uh, spend a lot of effort. I'll also say that uh, two members of our staff, uh, Angela Jackson and Carrie Lampert, who uh, put a ton of time into getting the process up to speed for the committee, we had to buy software so that the applications could be re received and they would be reviewed. And uh, Karen and Angela put a lot of time into that, so kudos to them as well. Um, they did a, a good job that made it a lot more efficient for the committee to look over the applications. We had a hundred and over a hundred and some odd applications for more than a million and a half dollars this year. Some positive stuff there. Again, City Manager Craig Tyndall with us this morning. Uh, you know, Murfreesboro, I, I don't know if we're unique in having such a trust set up, but do you know of other cities that have similar trust and, and how that trust is used? Is it used in a similar manner? I, I'm not aware of any. Um, I haven't really searched. I think it is pretty unusual. Uh, I, I think it would have been... You know, the different organizations that you get involved with when you're in city management, um, there would have been some discussion on how those things flow if it had been common enough to do. And I, I, I would venture that there's not a whole lot out there. Every once in a while, a, a municipality will sell some large asset. could be a hospital. And, and in Tennessee, that did happen there. A city, a city or county, I can't remember. Uh, sold a, a publicly owned hospital and they had a set of funds and we used that as a model when we did ours. So I know that that's happened in the past and you'll see that happen every once in a while with a community where they'll have a lump sum that comes in and they'll try and set it aside for, for long-term needs. It's pretty rare. Um, I think um, there was a lot of thought that went into this of how it was structured and how the money would, would be used uh, for to benefit the communities. The, the, the money that the city received um, uh, and, and a portion of the uh, incremental payments that, that Middle Tennessee are making is still um, withheld by the city and not, not placed into the trust so they can go directly into funding infrastructure like roadways and parks and things like that. So the, we're not using the money that comes in for operating expenses, but for capital improvements that uh, we need as we grow. And then changing direction a little bit to the more commercialized side of things, Trader Joe's, one of the latest companies to announce they're coming here and opening a, a retail grocery store. I, I'm not sure when. What what was the date or expected date of that? Um, it, it Right now it's, it's tentative because there, it's going to depend on some land work and, and things like that. But I think we'll see likely next spring, summer. And you'll see Trader Joe's open. I mentioned that because of the location of Trader Joe's, and that is an area that continues to grow with uh, Clary Park. And that is one of the things that is happening in the area of the Gateway Zone, the Avenue, Medical Center Parkway. Uh, kind of bring us up to date on everything happening in that direction. Yeah, if, you, if you've gone down Medical Center anytime soon, you, you can't miss uh, all the development that's going over there with Clary Park. Uh, and that's there's a lot of exciting things coming in and uh, main event will be opening pretty soon um, as a it's an entertainment venue for people that aren't familiar with that lots of restaurants will line medical center along there um, there'll be some residential community <clears throat> david weekly homes uh, which is a, a a great home builder out of um, i think they're out of houston texas um, and have worked some in in the middle tennessee area they are. They have 155 units that they're putting in uh, townhomes and single-family homes back uh, along uh, the backside of Clary Park. When I say the backside of it, it 
it's not real helpful, but towards Wilkerson uh, Pike uh, from Medical Center. Um, and then uh, some res other residential apartment units that are going in behind where you see the development now for the restaurants uh, that will align Medical Center. And this development, uh, it, it's... I guess for those who, and I can picture those who are, you know, let's say 30 to 50 years old, really taking advantage of that area because it's for those who want to be in the center of the mm -hmm. city in a lot of ways, close to all the retail and grocery shopping. Um, so I could see it being a, a very active lifestyle type place for condos, the apartments and uh, single family homes as well that are standalone homes. Right. And it was designed with quite a bit of green space, open space to accommodate that type of walkability and activity uh, that can that can really occur in Middle Tennessee m most of the year. I mean, I know we've gone through a cold spell, but it'll be back to 60 degrees pretty sh shortly. Uh, so that's that's a I, it'll be a, a great amenity over there. Uh, it'll be great lifestyle choice for individuals that want to live there. And for those who do commute to other communities around, it's e easy access to the interstates. So there's a lot of advantages to Clary Park. And of course, our developer uh, that saw that, which is uh, Heinz, Heinz Development, um, really identified that as a prime development opportunity and i think they've done a pretty good job you know it, it's hard for me to picture single family standalone homes in that area but i, I know there's other communities in fact uh, buckhead in the atlanta georgia area i think they've got some neighborhoods that are in what would be similar to downtown not downtown murfreesboro but downtown shopping type areas and that's what i guess we're kind of looking at here yeah it, it's it's urbanized to a certain extent so when you talk about single family homes so you know people are conditioned here i think in middle tennessee to think of that half acre acre lot yeah uh, and, and these won't be that obviously they're, they're going to be a lot uh, closer a lot smaller lots um i don't know if they're going to be zero lot lines which are really close but uh something something with quite a bit of density in there and that's just the necessity of of how they're going to be developed but they'll be nice and there's developments around here you'll see more and more of those or, or you're seeing more and more of those not just in nashville which obviously requires a lot of density when they get developed but you see it in franklin with berry farms and a few of the other communities that are being developed out there um, so we're excited to offer that type of uh, development which you don't see a lot of here in murfreesboro uh, it's uh, uh it's progressing quickly and um in addition, next to uh, Clary Park, there's another uh, uh, townhome development, higher-end townhome development that's uh, being planned. And I think it's all contingent upon how the banking situation works over the next few months as to when that will come on. And this all goes right in line with what you were talking about earlier, and that is those who are 30-plus. They're not wanting that uh, one acre, that half acre lot anymore. They're wanting smaller and smaller, less to less to keep up with. Yeah, uh, it, so it's a desire, it's a lifestyle choice, but it also goes back to the affordability that you've talked about. And, um, you know, buying buying an acre of land in uh, Murfreesboro or around Murfreesboro, even in Rutherford County, is much, much different than it was five years ago. Uh, certainly a lot different than it was 10 years ago. So uh, uh, when you talk about land prices and the cost of building and everything else, to serve a market uh one of the the uh, alternatives is density and uh, just having smaller lots and houses on uh that are closer together but um they you know people can afford them yeah not too many years ago it seems like here in murphy's bro you could buy a full acre lot for thirty thousand dollars or less <laughs> i would say that'd be pre 
2000 or so or, or right around that that time frame but not anymore i, no, I mean one anymore. acre in the city depending on if it's commercial or residential 80,000 plus easily oh easily yeah so yeah. things have changed a lot yeah, and uh, a bit. what people are looking for that's right. changed a lot yeah it, it has it has and the the idea of course is to make sure that we have enough um a different variety enough choices that people can satisfy the needs it's to a certain extent you have to keep up with the market you can only do so much uh to fight against the market before you you end up losing and and we don't want to be on the losing end of that because it makes everybody that lives here uncomfortable we have to keep up with transportation which we do uh as best as we possibly can roadways you know i, I was having a conversation with an individual uh not too long ago and talking about how long it takes to plan and implement um but build and construct a roadway and uh they're surprised it takes years it, it really does and so we we keep up as fast as we can with the growth as fast as it is uh it's it's a difficult proposition but i think we've done much better than a lot of places and we'll continue to strive to stay on top of it and again murphy's bro city manager craig tyndall joining us this morning and as we kind of wrap up the show this this morning uh, one of the things that is coming up next is city council will start that process of the next budget and putting together that next proposal for the budget year what, what is that looking like right now what's happening at this stage well, we have for the last few years been very cautious to watch the economy and what's going on in the economy. We've been fortunate in that uh, our our sales tax revenues, which is a large part, at least 50% of our budget, uh, has been stable. Um, and, and for the past several years, it was growing at a pretty good rate, and we could, we could kind of count on that growth. Uh, we stopped counting on growth over the last few years and have really tried to hold that number solid it looks like next year um we'll fortunately be able to to hold on to that uh barring any unusual worldwide events or circumstances that will really start to cause cause issues but um i think we've been fortunate over the last few years not to incur a lot of the difficulties that some other places have um but We'll be cautious. I mean, uh, from a from a revenue standpoint and from an expense standpoint, we are very cautious in how we um, uh, manage the the finances of the city. Understanding, of course, that that growth requires for us to do certain things, and we want to be able to meet the needs and the demands of the community. Has COVID and the entire pandemic did that kind of reshape the way cities started looking at their budget? Um, it, it had it had a, a substantial impact because the federal government decided that they wanted to ship a lot of money out to the communities. Um, and, you know, that's helpful to a certain extent. Um, of course, the, the effect of doing that caused other economic factors that weren't helpful to the city. So in balance, you know, it's hard to say if that was as productive as what people might think it would be when it sounds like, the, you know, they're just shoveling money out the door and we're the recipient of that those funds we have done a lot with it. it 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 has helped in a lot of different areas where we would have suffered otherwise um but um you know the interest rates going up for example has has been difficult for the city because it makes it hard to finance at a reasonable rate we are fortunate as a city that we haven't had to have, uh, go out to financing in a market that 
um, was not productive for financing from an interest rate standpoint. So uh, next year we don't look like we're going to have to go out again. And uh, uh, that was poor English in that statement there. But it looks like we won't have to go out again, uh, which is very fortunate. Until interest rates start to adjust. And I was going to say, interest rates, whenever they're higher for uh, those who are getting home loans, they're higher for the government to borrow as yeah. well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, we borrow, we pay off. We pay off relatively quickly. We pay off in 15 years. A lot of cities will go 20 or 30 years. Um, but still, 15 years holding on to a high interest rate. In a municipal bond, you're locked in. You're locked in for 5, 10 years. And so you can't refinance even if the rates drop. And so you want to be able to manage that. Uh, we've been in a position... Uh, by carefully budgeting with uh, good, strong council decisions not to have to um, go out when the market's bad and to go out when the market is good, which is what we did in the past few years. Well, again, thank you for joining us this morning. Murfreesboro City Manager Craig Tyndall, and uh, we'll keep you, I guess, let us know what all happens next. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate it. Thank you. Time right now. We're hitting the 9 o'clock hour. Stay with us. We do have more news and information coming up next. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. CapstarBank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender.